All right, so special treat this morning. Uh, we, we have been doing for a number of weeks now, walking through the different values of the Vineyard Network of Churches, and we are blessed to have uh, John Elmer with us this morning. Last night we had 25-ish, 27-ish of our leaders and their spouses here last night um, for some leadership training, which, what did we learn last night? What are the acronym? Somebody who was there last night. I R. Oh man. John, I'm sorry. We're failing you this morning already. Oh man. I R T D M. If you want to know what that means, go grab one of our leaders um, and they'll let you know. So, fantastic night last night. John has, uh, he was a church planter way back in 91 and pastored for decades at Syracuse Vineyard and in New York. And now he is. Super regional leader, uh, oversees around 250 churches in the vineyard. Uh, this is the second time he's been able to be here with us in this process as we've been you know, pursuing and praying of a partnership with the vineyard. And uh, he so graciously offered to be here to preach uh, this morning. So in saying that, John, you're welcome up. Thank you, Daniel, for that uh, introduction. Uh, it's not exactly true, though. I actually um, in here as Daniel's parole officer. We're still keeping an eye on him from New Jersey. So, you know, let me know if you know anything that I need to know. Now, uh, it is a, an honor to be here. It's a great church. I've heard lots of its history. Uh, I got to hang out with a vineyard pastor, Bruce Lashaw, who some of you may know, and he talked glowingly about how much impact this church had on his life and other people in this, this area. And so it is really an honor to be here at a church that has such a long and rich history. And I would like to, before I get started, just uh, personally invite you to, right at their service, we're having that Q&A uh, about the vineyard. So if you're like, still scratching your head or have some questions, uh, I'm going to stick around for that so I can answer any of those for you. All right. Well, let me tell you about my college roommate. His name was Robbie. And Robbie may have been the best natural athlete I'd ever known. I mean, Robbie was good in every sport. He just picked it up. He did it. He was just so natural. I mean, he, he was like a football star. He, you know, in high school, he was a baseball star, basketball, like any sport. You roll a ball out or tell him a, some kind of thing and he'll figure out and he'll be great at it. I was a lacrosse player, actually like on an all-star team lacrosse player. And I brought my lacrosse stick and another one to college. He had never had one in his hand. And uh, I said, hey, you want to go play catch? And give him a stick. And, and, you know, within an hour, he's like making moves and shooting on goal and like... He was just a natural athlete. And one of the things was, as a natural, he just always did it. It was just part of what he did all the time. For example, my younger brother comes down to visit me in college. And so he comes in, and we hang out that night. And next morning, I get up and I say, hey, I, I got to go to class. So I'll be back in a little bit, right? Well, Robbie has a class, but my brother's there, so he skips class. 
And him and my brother out there, they go down to the gym, they're playing basketball, and, you know, in second class, they kind of got a bunch of guys together to play touch football. I mean, he was just always doing it. He was a natural. Well, today, I want to look at being naturally supernatural. Naturally supernatural. It's a vineyard value. I think it is a kingdom principle that we see all throughout Scripture. You know, lots of different groups of Christian, personal Christians or churches have, have very different views around the supernatural. Some are incredibly wild, like slinging from the chandeliers, and, you know, it's, it's hyped, and it's the whole thing. And other people ignore it. And their trinity is the Bible, the Word, and Scripture. And they miss out on all that. I think there's a, a radical middle that brings it all together, being naturally supernatural. So let's take a look at this whole issue. Um, first point, there is a spiritual world. Oh, we got slides. Thanks for getting all the slides together, man. Shout it out for the tech team, right? They're the best. They always are. Never get your tech team angry at you if you're a speaker. It can make you look so bad. You know, there's this spiritual world, uh, another dimension that we are in this world, but at the same time that we're soaking and we're floating in a spiritual world. You know, we know the natural. We know trees. We know uh, uh, our bodies. We know the laws of nature. We, we know the scene in so many ways. But there's this whole other world that is unseen. It's supernatural. Supra means above. It means uh, outside of nature. A supernatural world. This spiritual realm is all around us. Let me read you something. This is Paul writing the church in Corinth. And he's talking to a group probably not much different than us here. And he says, so we fix our eyes. You know, that's us. We focus on. We, we, we are, are attuned to. We're aware of. We're staying sensitive to. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, where mostly our eyes are always at, right? How many bills do I have? How many, how many toys can I play with? How, many, how am I looking? All those natural things. That's where we often fix our eyes. We said, no, we, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. The supernatural world that is all around us. That's what we're supposed to be tuned into. Sense. Why do we do this? Sense. What is seen is temporary. Let me tell you something. I hate to tell you this. But that new car you got, that new car smells going. And soon the rust is coming. And the transmission is leaving. You know, that, that great body you've been working at the gym, it's going to move around on you. 
ain't going to be where it used to be. That's what I'm told. I haven't experienced yet. No, I'm experiencing so much. You know, things break down. They don't last. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. That the spiritual world, the supernatural of God, the kingdom of God, is going to last and last and last forever and ever. That, that if you've connected with Jesus, then you're going to be in the new Jerusalem, the new heavens and the new earth where, where God is in the middle and the river of life flows through and there's no more tear and no more you know, crying. That there's, there's joy and there's peace and there's, there's productivity and what we put our hands to is glorifying God and we're, we're, we'll walk with God. It's going to be awesome and perfect and it will never end. It's the supernatural world, the spiritual world. And he says that's what we focus on. The, 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 the kingdom of God, the Holy Spirit's, this move of the Spirit in our day, what the Spirit is up to right now. Let me read you what the Apostle John wrote to the church. And he says, and this is how we know that he lives in us. He's talking about Jesus. How do we know that that Jesus and us are connected? We know it by the spirit he gave us. That the supernatural, this eternal, is dwelling in you and me. If you connect with Jesus, at that point it's given as a deposit. The Holy Spirit is tattooed into us. Dear friends, Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see whether they are from God. That there's a whole spiritual world all around us, and we're to interact with it. That's a fact. There's a spiritual world, and we're to interact with it. Now, here's the good news. This is my second point. We get to tap in to the spiritual power of the spiritual world. You and me, everyday normal people. You know, the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. You'd look at the Bible and it's just everyday people through it. If you take off the shine because they're in this book that's been around forever, inspired by God. You see, you know, there's a farmer having a prophetic word for the whole nation. There's a, a redneck fisherman who bring healing into communities. There's, there's business people, stay-at-home moms, kids, seniors, donkeys. <laughs> there's a couple donkeys I've seen doing it. Well, I call them Jack. What's the last name I use? Jack something. Anyhow. It's available to us. Let me again. Let's always go to Scripture. It's the Word of God. This is, this is what lets us know what is real. Paul writes, And you, he's talking to everyday people like you and me, 
People got to get up in the morning, got to go to work, got to schlep some things around, got to get paid and try to pay their bills, trying to raise kids, trying to get through this crisis in life. And you, he says, will know God's power is very great for us who believe. Do you believe in Jesus? Have you said, yes, I believe he is the son of God, the savior of the world. I've embraced him, I've submitted him. If we did that, and you have that very power, and that supersizing power can flow through you. That power, Paul goes on to say, that power is the same as the great strength that God used to raise Christ from the dead. See, we don't get this secondhand power. We, we don't get this little droppling of power. And we get to tap into the real deal. Like, the power that raised Jesus from the dead, right? Here's Jesus, brutally murdered, completely dead. And he's dead and in a tomb, and suddenly the power of the Holy Spirit explodes in him, and he comes to life. <clears throat> it's the same power that, that, that was at creation that said, let there be light, and pop, there was light. That same power that created our bodies and our mother's wombs, that power is in us in the Holy Spirit. That we, you and me, just regular people, not the Pope, not just pastors, us. We get to tap into it. You know, I, I used to have a, a shake, a smoothie every day. And we were, my wife and I both, you know, we put these frozen things in and we kept getting blenders that just kept breaking. So she gets in the internet and she goes, we got to get a good blender, like a powerful blender. So she does this research and she gets us the Cadillac of blenders. Like it does a back rub, it talks to you. You know, it's an incredible blender. It's got like, the, like all the reviews is just like, you know, you can put rocks in this thing and you'll get sand, like it's awesome. And it is. We have it on a counter and, you know, sometimes I put way too much frozen stuff in there and other ones would blow up and this one just grinds and get power. But this blender, it, it really doesn't have any power until I take the plug and I plug it into the power source. It's built for the power to flow through it, but it still needs the power to come through it to be powerful. That's like you and me. Some big things God wants us to do. There's a supernatural breaking into the kingdom that He wants us to be a part of. But we have to plug into Him. We have His Holy Spirit, and we begin to need to use it. Now, in this world, I'll just briefly say this it's a spirit, we're in a spiritual world, and we have the Holy Spirit in us. But there's also demonic spirits, fallen spirits. Spiritual powers that want to trip us up, that want to keep us 
away. They, they hate God so much they want to do, destroy anything he loves. And that's us. And so they're out there, but we don't have to worry about them because the power in us is greater. The Bible says, says this, the one who is with you, who is in you, that's the Holy Spirit if you connect it with Jesus. The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Any demonic force you're more powerful than. Any natural force, you have this power source in you to kind of overthrow it. So we can move in a supernatural, but here's my third point. The supernatural doesn't have to be hyped. You know, we often see around it. And for maybe some of you here, it turns you off to even being open to this idea that it's supernatural. Because you see people just, you know, acting the crazy, like screaming and yelling and, and hyping and manipulating and, and pushing and, and, and you, know, you know, mind games and, and, and pumping up the emotions. And maybe you feel something and you respond in some way, but you, it's like candy. It's just like, quick high and it's gone and you go and that didn't seem real because it was hype and it doesn't have to be hype in fact if you read the book the new testament it doesn't seem very hyped there <laughs> i love jesus i love how he prayed for people like we get these elaborate prayers i just tell my people at our church Pray more like Jesus. Like, we don't need a 15-minute prayer. Like, you ever study his prayers? Yeah, they're pretty short. See. Bam. Yeah. Hear. Walk. I mean, he had a few longer ones, like, take up your mat and walk. <laughs> but it's pretty just kind of subtle and non-hype. In fact, Jesus, that rascal, right? He would like tell people, take them to the side, say, now don't tell anybody. Sure, I just flipped your life upside down. You've never walked and now you're walking, but Classic non-hype, right? You see, the early church was like that. Let me read you a little story. If you've been around the Bible a little bit, you probably heard this one in Sunday school. It's from Acts 3, and it says, One day Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. You know, it's just everyday normal life. His phone beeped. Oh, it's quarter three. We better get moving. They start walking, going to the temple. They pray. Just their life, their routine. I mean, I'm, I, yeah, I just imagine walking... Maybe they're talking, they're like, man, how about those, those Jerusalem Tigers, man? Like, yeah, they should have won last night, you know? And they're just having a normal, everyday conversation. And it's an everyday life. It was on the way. It wasn't the destination. It was on the way that this happens. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those going in the temple courts. Just an everyday day for him too. And that's how he went to work. He got carried to the temple so he could beg. That was all he could do. 
in that society at that time. Everybody was having a normal day and they bump into each other. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. See, my sense of this story, they're just walking, you know, on the way to the temple, and they probably walked by dozens of people begging. I remember being in Bangladesh one time, and we're walking towards the the Muslim mosque on Friday as people were going to prayer and there were just everybody lined up on the way begging like it was where all the people could come it's a normal thing that was hopefully get some coins and so it's all kind of natural and Peter probably walked by half a dozen people and suddenly the spirit of God because he was attuned I want you to respond. And so he gives him his attention. Look at us. I, I kind of imagine Peter and John both like, okay, maybe even sitting in the moment, like, Lord, what, what, what about this guy? What, what, what's going on? And then Peter says, and it's pretty clever what he says. It's almost poetic. Again, I get the feeling he was just responding to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gave him this to say. He says, you know, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I will give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. What's he have? He has the power of God. He has the Holy Spirit. In him. He, has, he has the knowledge of God wanting to do this thing. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helps him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles become strong. He jumps to his feet, and he begins to walk. He begins to walk. I I want you to stop and slow down this story for a minute. This guy walks. He has never walked on his own, ever. He has always been had the crawl, maybe to drag his legs, to be carried, to be dependent on others, to be an outsider, to be looked at as cursed. Never once has he walked, ever. How many people have kids or grandkids? And, and that first walk, that first step... Woohoo, right? I mean, now we got 27 video copies of it. We got 18 pictures. It's posted on four different social media streams. And we're all like cheering. I got a newer granddaughter, and she stood up on her own for the first time. Now, I'm on the road, but I got a minute and a half video of watching her do her stand-up. And I'm like, yes, that's so awesome. That was her first step, kind of. This is this guy's first step. And he 
is jazz, man. He goes crazy. Then he went with them into the temple courts. See, Peter and John, they just keep on a regular day. This is part of naturally supernatural. But he's walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him, the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, and all the people were astonished, came running them to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade, this big open area in the temple area. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? He's saying, it's in the book. It was the promises from old. It's in Joel. It's in these other places where the prophets looked ahead and said, when the Messiah comes, the Spirit of God is going to flow to all of us. Why are you surprised? Why do you stare at us as if it's by our own power or godliness we've made this man walk? And then Peter explains to them all, it's Jesus. It's God's blessing that even promised through Abraham would flow through his seed, Jesus. And there's really, it doesn't sound like a lot of hype in this whole thing. I mean, this is, this is the kind of thing that, that John Wimber worked on in the Vineyard Movement. He was the founder of the Vineyard. And he, he used to do these things. He'd have, and we do them now at the Syracuse Vineyard. He taught us to do clinics. It'd be like at the, I, I did this, I don't know, four months ago or something at our church. He just taught in healing and said, hey, well, let's, let's do some healing. Let's just do this. And waited a minute. And, and we, we have three services. I had to do this three times. So, like, I was a little nervous, to be honest with you. Like, God, she better show up. But it's like, okay, we'd late and I'd listen and, you know, I'd get a sense the Lord wanted to do a healing or somebody that, you know, that had praying would get a sense and let me know. And we'd say, okay, like, you know, one time it was, uh, it was, you know, there was a sense of a right knee. And so, so you know, I get the sense, you know, that somebody has this pain, something's really bad with their right knee. Come on up front right now. And so... Uh, and then I said, well, it may be both knees. Let's, you know, I hedged my bet a little bit. Okay, me have a little faith. And uh, I don't know, eight, ten people came up. And I went around. This is what Wimber would do. I just went around and said, hey, well, tell me what level pain your knee's at. And, you know, one person, well, you know, one to ten. Ten, like you're in excruciating pain and you're basically dropping eight pain pills on the way here today. One, one is it? Yeah, a little bit. Just kind of a little bit noticeable. People would give their pain level and, you know, four, seven, nine, you know, they'd just be mixed and say, okay. And then I just want some people to come up and pray. And just pray. Just take a moment and pray for their knee. And they would do that. And I explained to people, we're just waiting on the Holy Spirit. And we're going to see what he does. And there's no hype here. We're just going to see. And that's had every stop and I said just, you know would do and this is what Wimber would do and just say okay well tell me where your pain level is and I said look it just be honest it doesn't matter like my pay is the same if you get healed or not so I don't really care so just you know honest and you know inevitably always the first one was like okay you had a seven how is it now seven 
eight, you know, like it's gotten worse, thanks, you know. But you'd go through and it would be like one, one would be the same. One would be completely healed. One would be halfway healed. One would be a notch down. It, it would just change. And, and, and you'd, we went through them all and, and, and they said, well, let's just pray a moment again. And they were praying. I was saying, like sometimes you just want to keep praying. And, and, and then, you know, at the end, like, I'd say two-thirds of the people, maybe, their pain was reduced. Maybe a third were completely healed. There was this one lady we did at a time. Her knee was all swollen up, and she was in incredible pain. And she's going like this, like kicking her knee, like, it's all better. And that's awesome. Another person going like, oh, I limp back. But there was no hype. It was just inviting the presence and power of the Spirit Listening the spirit and moving in that. Here's another point four. The supernatural can be part of our everyday life. We see it. It happens in all kinds of situations for Christ followers. It's not just during church time. This should be happening walking, you know, through your neighborhood, in your homes, at the gym, in, in the office, you know, on a cruise boat, wherever you're at, it can happen. The supernatural can break into our natural lives. And so we, it, it doesn't have to be this holy and pure moment. It's just any time. Uh, let me read you this one scripture. Um, Jesus has a 12 and he sends them out following these instructions. As you go, as you go in life, as you walk, as you engage people, as you go, proclaim the message. Plain as much, the kingdom of heaven has come near. That God's rule and his reign is here. That his power is here. His grace is here. His, his love is here in a deep way. He says, heal the sick. So we've got to pray for the sick to heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. The most dreaded disease of the day. He says, cleanse it. Put your hands on them. Drive out demons. Why? Because freely you have received, freely give. That we get the Holy Spirit when we connect with Jesus, not because we're so good, but because he loves us. And that's what he does. And he brings healing in our life, redemption in our life, transformation in our life. We're supposed to be conduits into other people's lives. You know, to be ready whenever an opportunity arises. About a month ago, I was walking through my neighborhood. And I, I live kind of in an urban setting. And I was walking through the neighborhood and I saw this woman I know. Her name's Ben. She's a little old Vietnamese refugee. And uh, I saw her and I said hello. And she, she, I crossed the street over to her and said, well, how you doing? And she said, oh, not that good. And, and I, I just said, I was right there in the corner and there's cars going by and people coming in and out of the little bodega. And I said, well, can I pray for you? And she kind of looked at me and I said, can I pray for you now? And, she, uh, you know, I find about 98% of the time people just say yes because they don't know what to expect. And you say, I pray for you now, and they think you're going to go home and pray for them, but you just pray for them right there. 
So she said, I'm going to just lay my hand on you. And I, little lady, she had the migraine headache. She was killing her. And I just prayed, just quick, simple prayer. I just said, hey, Jesus, I know you love Ben. And I just ask you right now to take away this pain in her head. Amen. Not quite as short as Jesus' prayer, but we had a language barrier too, so I thought it helped. And uh, she looks up and her eyes are all big and she says, you fixed it. It feels good. She's so excited, like it went away. It was like, that's cool. The next week I saw her, she gave me this big thing of homemade, uh, these egg rolls and wontons. It was so good. See, the supernatural can be a part of your everyday reality. It's, part, it's your choice. So I, I, I just want to take a moment to, to give you a couple ways to be used supernaturally. How to access this power. If you've connected with Jesus, you have it. Quick. First, expect God to move. For the kingdom of God, the Bible says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. You plugged into Jesus, there is knowledge and learning and teaching, but at its core, it's a move of power. That's why it's lasted for 2,000 years. It's real and it's powerful. It's more than just a philosophy. It's more than just self-improvement. It's a radical plugging into the power of God. So if we expect the supernatural and anticipate it, in fact, if we seek it, then we'll see more of it. And if we don't, we won't see it. Let me give you an example. This became really clear to me. Back in the day, I went to Messiah College. It's not that far from here, I don't think. And good school. Loved it. Had a great experience there. But didn't see any of that kind of power of the Holy Spirit move. Never heard about prophetic words. Never heard... You know, people didn't pray for healing. Those kinds of supernatural things never happen. Because the expectation there, and I know I'm making a generalization, but at that time, my experience was zero. No one was expecting it, so I didn't expect it. I didn't really know about it as a new believer. Then I go to the Santa Monica Vineyard Church where the expectation is God does move. And we'd see people healed, dramatically healed. We'd see transformation, incredible stories of the power of God breaking through. Prophetic words that changed people's lives. Now, what was the difference? I'm telling you, the people in Santa Monica weren't any holier than, than a Messiah. In fact, honestly, they're probably less holy, as far as I could tell. And uh, that's a joke, okay? I'm not... And... It wasn't because their dedication and belief in the truth of Scripture. But it was an expectation that the power of God would move today. And so we go in with our expectation that it'll move. A second step to be used in the supernatural is to ask and listen. We should ask God for a supernatural power and situation. Ask for the breaking in of the Holy Spirit. You ask him and he'll give it to us. Uh, I love this one, right? Jesus says, so I say to you when he's teaching about prayer, ask and keep on asking that verb is, and it'll be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking and you'll find. You know, knock and keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. 
For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and no one who knocks the door will be open. Which of you, if you're a dad, listen to this really carefully. If you know a dad, if you're married to the dad, not your dad, a dad, listen to this. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. I mean, who does that, right? Your kid wants something, some good, you want to give it to him. You're not going to play a trick on him. Hey, here's a rattlesnake. <laughs> Look at you, you're dead. You know, like you're not going to do that. If you then, though you are evil, we're broken, we have all our own issues. No, to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? If we ask, he's like this great dad who, like, wants to give it to us. Maybe not give it to us at that moment. Like, people I pray for don't get healed lots of times. But he'll give it to us ask, then listen, have your antenna up. You know, in every situation we walk into, we should be asking a question. Lord, what do you want to do in this situation? You start doing that, and the Spirit of God will lead you, and the kingdom of God will flow through you, and you'll see the supernatural happen in a natural setting. You know, uh, but if you don't listen, you don't hear it. You gotta listen. Once you hear, then you must go into action. Take the risk. Step out. Open the door for the supernatural. You know, allow the Holy Spirit to activate in that situation. So you say, "Hey, Lord, what do you want? What do you want me to do?" And you know, I felt like you know, pray for Ben right now. And so I do. The Bible says this: Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The Holy Spirit is given to us so that people can be blessed around us. It's not for us. It's not a trophy. It's not a reward. It's not for our little thrills and stories. It's to bless other people. You begin to do this, you'll bless your family. You'll bless your, 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 your neighborhood. You'll bless your company. You'll bless your school. That we should serve others by being supernatural, moving in the supernatural. You know, I, I thought, okay, so those are the kind of steps how we're going to do it. Have your tent up, listen, act on it, take the risks. And I could tell some stories, you know, about these supernatural things and God did these wonderful things through other people or myself, you know, like blind people seeing and growing legs and cancer healed. We've, we've seen those kinds of things on our prayer teams. And there are a bunch of broken people on prayer teams. But instead, let me tell you more about a, a simple touch. It was a few years ago, we were looking at starting a, a site. We're a multi-site church in Syracuse. And as we looked, we, um, we, we zeroed on this area, and I was working with this realtor, and this Realtor, I had a few exchanges with him on the phone, very gruff, kind of very businessy. And so he lined up like he owned a ton of buildings. 
So I lined up going to see a handful of buildings with him. And we go in this building, kind of introduce face-to-face for the first time, and we're talking, and he's kind of gruff, very business-like, very buttoned up and proper. And um, uh, So he's showing me around, we're talking a little bit. He, he just mentions it. And he's just like, sorry, he had forgot something. He said, I just have this, I've had this migraine the last couple of days, and I just can't, I mean, it's killing me. And I'm just in this empty space with him, and I feel like the Holy Spirit says, pray for it. And honestly, I'm not a very spiritual guy. I'm going like, oh, crap, Jesus. I'm just, I'm just trying, to, trying to get a good deal here. I'm not trying to be weird. And this guy's like really like, you know those people that kind of intimidate you? He had that kind of air of intimidation, and I'm thinking, oh, man. But it's like, okay, I got to be obedient. So, so I said, well, hey, can I, can I pray for you for that, that um, uh, migraine? He looks at me, he's like, like, totally out of, you know, we're doing a business thing, and can I pray for you? Kind of looks at me, he's kind of a big guy, he looked kind of down at me a little bit. And not that you have to be big to look down at me, but... <laughs> but it seemed more pronounced. And he's like, sure. I said, okay, I'm going to put my hand on your shoulder. And then you just see him stiffen up. And he's thinking, you see it in his eyes, like, what did I just get myself into? And I just put my hand on his shoulder, and I just, it was just a simple prayer. It was just, Jesus, I pray that you take this headache away from Ron, that you just relieve him of this pain. Amen. And then as soon I like wanted to look warm, you know, okay, yeah, well, I see the, the, the roof looking, you know, I just want to change the subway as fast as I could. And Ron's like, wow, my head doesn't hurt anymore. He says, that's amazing. What is that? <laughs> uh, it's, it's Jesus. And, uh, you know, I wasn't able to leave him the Lord or anything like that, but... It was just being naturally supernatural. I think this. I think the God of all creation, the God who we just worshiped, who has poured so much into your life, wants you to be an ambassador in the life he's given you, to bring the kingdom in all these places. And I want to pray for a release of that in you. Tell you what I'm going to do. Why don't you all stand? I, I, I'm not sure exactly how you end, but here, do this for me. Just humor me. Why don't you stand? And I, I'm going I'm to ask you to do something that takes a little bit of courage. Just like it's going to take when you pray for people, when you bring the kingdom. I'm going to ask you to step out. So here's what I'm going to do in a moment. I'm going I'm not going to ask once. I'm not going to milk this thing, but I'm going to ask you to come down in front. That's a symbolic stepping out. If you want, I'm going to ask you to come back down here, and I'm going to pray just for release of sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and courage in that. And, and I, I, I'm just going to pray for that and hope that that 
that there's a new wave of that in you, in your life. So if you want that, come on down right now. I'm just going to ask why come on down and we'll pray. It's good. Why are you guys excited about this? And so as you come up for this, I know this has been a history in this church that you've had this. I know that that this was a big transformation of your story in the 70s when people opened up to this. And not everybody wanted to go there. But there's an anointing on this church for this. There's a history for the church. And I think as you move in that in a fresh way, my sense is from the Lord, as you move in this in a fresh way, there'll be a new Jesus movement throughout Wilmington area. That the Spirit of God will move. But it's going to take those little times at work, in your walks in your neighborhood, the gym, just to step out in this. Why don't, why don't you just hold your hands out like you're, I'm, this not manipulative, but just let your body reflect what your heart is doing. Just kind of hold those hands out and, and let me just invite the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we, we invite you to come here. And I just pray that you'd relieve a, release a, a new wave of the move of the Holy Spirit and the women and men of this church. I pray, Lord, that you would give a a new sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, a new new breath, a new wave. I, I just right now pray for more for these men and women, more of your spirit, more of of what you want to do, what you've planned to do since the calling of the starting, the planting of this church. I pray for you, Lord. Bring your spirit. I, I pray you'd fill these men and women with a deep sense and faith and courage in this, this calling to, to, to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy. I pray that you give them the courage to freely give as they have received. May the Spirit of God embolden you. May the Spirit of God give you eyes to see what he's up to in the circles that you're in. Right now, Holy Spirit, I ask you that you'd actually literally give them faces of people to pray for this week. And if you see it, just say, yes, Lord, I'll do that. Yes, Lord, no matter how uncomfortable it is. Yes, Lord. I pray for that kind of movement. I pray for that strength. I pray that the Spirit of God in a new and fresh move would work through this community and it'd be filled with people getting saved and transformed and plugging into the power that the Holy Spirit has. May it come. Just say yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Just 
just even now, just in the presence of the Spirit, just pray for them to move with His Spirit in you and through you. Go ahead, just have a, a moment of prayer with the Lord. now to him who is able to do more than we can ask and imagine. To him who is a loving father and when we knock and we seek and we ask will give us the Holy Spirit. To you, Jesus, we lift these prayers and we say amen. Amen. God bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.